This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 Network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. Special bonus edition of the State of Recruiting, your weekly Orange 24-7 recruiting podcast, a crossover edition, uh, and we'll talk about that in a second. I'm Mike Roach, joined by Hudson Standish, the host of Talkin' Texas, uh, and that is our crossover edition. So Hudson, tell them what we're doing today. Yeah, so because we issued a challenge on the Arch Manning post-official uh, visit weekend where if the fans responded with 500 likes, which I think would set the Horns 24-7 YouTube account record, we would do a bonus episode, and that's exactly what this is. So instead of doing a different episode of Talking Texas with a rotational guest, before we head to State 7 on 7 uh, in College Station, Mike and I are at his crib going to record a bonus episode. So hope you guys enjoy and we should have an official visit preview tomorrow live on site uh, from College Station at the State 7 on 7 tournament where a ton of guys who are going to be taking their official visits to Texas will compete against some of Texas's best uh, players before heading to Austin for that OV. So what is the Jada Pinkett Smith thing? It's the red table talk. We are sitting at my kitchen table. It's a black table. So this is I guess black table talk. Yeah, a little bit. Um, we are, yeah, we're headed out to College Station tomorrow. Hudson, you were in College Station. So I was thinking about this because on, on the podcast you said, well, if you remember, Mike, I didn't start until August of last year. But you were definitely in College Station, which was in July, doing some work. Um, so you've been here once. What was your experience like last year and what are you looking forward to this year? Yeah, it was really fun, but it was kind of like a trial run to see if I could do it. And so – It was a little bit stressful just kind of being the only person there and for the first time grabbing kids who I didn't have any sort of a relationship with trying to get interviews. That was a little bit tough. So now having familiar faces, having you in my corner and getting to actually know the DCTF crew uh, and (laughs) getting to go out there, like it's going to be a lot more fun this year. It feels a lot more like a true trip and vacation. Whereas last year I drove all the way from Atlanta to College Station. to kind of do this test run to see if I could even make it in the industry. So last year was a lot of stress in addition to the, you know, 110 heat advisory stuff we deal with in college station. So this year just feels like a little bit more fun. 
it's special. It's an anniversary of sorts. It is the first time I met Hudson. Yeah. And within five seconds of me meeting him, he asked me what I thought about Major Everhart and Bryson Washington as prospects. Um, hey, Mike, my name's Hudson. Big fan. What do you think about Major Everhart and, Bri- and uh, Bryson Washington? No lies are being told. That right was now. how the conversation went. Um, it's going to be hot, but it's always a good time, and there's always a lot of content out there. And I think – if you look at this year's pools, you know, I was I, I heard the Dave Campbell's guys talking about it on, on their podcast. It is every year there's a lot of content to be had from a recruiting perspective at State 7 on 7. But it feels like this year is pretty loaded when you look at the pools. We're going to start in D3. That's the Division Three pools. Uh, that's the smallest schools that compete at this. There are eight groups of four, so 32 teams in the tournament. Um, and... For us, I think the focus has to be on Dangerfield, right? With Texas commit uh, Aaron Hampton being the guy in that division, uh, the really the guy with a Texas offer committed to Texas. There may be some players we like out there or interested in seeing, but he's the guy I think our eyes will be on in D3 play. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And I think that while this year definitely is loaded compared to even past years where every year you're going to get a dozen plus Texas targets this year, we might even be thinking about two dozen or more, but a lot of it's loaded in the division one bracket. There's not as many intriguing Texas guys we can kind of go after in the D two and D three. So the focus is going to be all on Aaron Hampton and his danger field squad. Yes, we're going to be excited to see um, Marlin and Garrison and a couple of these other schools that traditionally do produce that small school uh, talent at the Texas. And also, we're going to keep an open eye and just try to discover some prospects as well. But everything does start in Pool D with Dangerfield. And, Mike, I mean, you know this, but they don't have an easy uh pool to start with they're going up against the defending d3 champs in east bernard in seven on seven to be clear and then they have toller and wink who are two pretty good seven on seven programs as well so Dangerfield's probably the most athletic d3 school along with marlin i'd say mm-hmm. um but it's going to be tough for them to even get to the uh, champions bracket and it's going to be fun to try to watch aaron hampton take over the uh, state tournament yeah i think that's looking at it like that's the pool of death for for everybody, right? Like when you talk about a group that just is going to cannibalize itself and there's going to be two teams that don't come out of there that probably could compete to win any other uh, group out there, I think that that'll be the fun one to watch. And for fans listening, I'm going to give our friends at Texas Live or Texan Live and Dave Campbell's a little plug. I was told today that Dangerfield will be on their featured field. So if you would like to watch Aaron Hampton compete, uh, I believe you can do that on Texan Live uh, as action starts at 1 p.m. Yes, action starts at 1 p.m. and then they go 2:34 for the Division Three bracket. Um, we talked about Marlin, and obviously we would be extremely excited to watch Darian Gallette in this setting. Exactly. If not for his injury, uh, that's I think for me. You know, when we originally started seeing teams uh, qualify, I was like, okay, cool. So in D3, we're going to have. Gallette with Marlin and Hampton with Dangerfield. And we were starting to like put together a plan. I think his, his injury really threw a wrench in our D3 coverage plans. Yeah. And Mike too. (laughs) So we watched, by the way, I don't mean that to sound insensitive. Obviously like he's got bigger concerns than our seven on seven uh, coverage plans. (laughs) (laughs) But like we watched Darian Gallette in the fall and he's a extremely good player, but 
Darian has had such an incredible offseason when you talk about evaluating prospects from basketball to where he's just two-hand dunking on folks to the track to where he's just putting up ridiculous times. And in addition to the stuff that he does in the other field events as well. So he had a chance to really complete the the cycle when yeah. it comes to off-season evaluations and just dominate seven on seven too. Uh, I believe, you know, he'll be on his Texas official visit. Not sure if he's going to leave from College Station and just support his teammates or go straight to Austin. But regardless, it does kind of put a little bit of a sour note that we just couldn't see him in this competition. Because this is the he's the type of player that would have dominated College Station, especially at the D3 level. And I could see them, like, using him on offense. Oh, and us getting some really fun stuff with him on offense. Um, outside of that, Hudson, you're small school, Hudson. You love the small schools. Um Anything here jump out at you or any guys that you, you know, maybe not Texas targets, maybe not on the radar, but is there anybody that you're like, oh, I'd be really interested to see this kid? There are a couple, but I almost feel like they're too even small right now as far as just even mentioning them on the podcast. But there are a couple schools that I really want to see who's next up there. I mentioned Garrison. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Gunter. Gunner is one of the best small school programs, 3A, true prospect factory at a small school level and blue blood in Texas high school football. I want to see who's next up at uh, Gunner after Hunt Graham went to Texas tech. They've got a few guys. I've got a buddy on staff over there that handles their recruiting. And he has been telling me about a few of their guys, including a new safety prospect. They have that's kind of got some freakish traits Gunner. I mean, I know we're going to get to picks here. Uh, Gunner probably be my pick to win D three. They were my initial look at pick. So, I mean, I think honestly, Mike, it's Gunner or it's maybe Childress or Dangerfield that kind of have those early eyes for me. Yeah, I think Dangerfield obviously has like the athletic advantage over most. But, you know, they've we saw them last year and they got tripped up. And so, I mean, it, it could be a case of does the athleticism work? Whereas Childress, it's like they don't overwhelm you with athletes. There are just a lot of good football players on that team. For sure. And as – you would obviously understand, and fans get this too, but like teams like Dangerfield, teams like Childress have the advantage of they play in a spread system. So with 7-on-7, seven seven, they're really getting those reps in. What's so impressive about what Gunner does in 7-on-7 seven seven is that they run a basically pistol uh, triple option attack. So they're playing 7-on-7 seven seven and... You know, this isn't even their bread and butter, but they're still competing at a ridiculously high level. Um, I mean, shoot, Mike, it's going to be hard for me to kind of pick against Gunner. I'll go Dangerfield so you can lock in your Gunner pick for okay. D3. I got Gunner for D3. You got Dangerfield. Uh, let's move to D2. I think there's a little more uh, meat on the bone for us there, uh, especially when you look at Pool C uh, with West Orange Stark, when you look at Pool B with Silsby. Pleasant Grove being in Pool C, not a Texas offer there yet, but, you know, they did host Akari Johnson for their elite bash. I think he is a guy uh, that that could be a, uh, a a guy to watch during this uh, during this tournament. And then really some just good, you know, fun schools to watch. Uh, I think Lago Vista is kind of, from what I've heard, has been like tearing up the And they're good at real football route. too. Yeah, for sure. And so – uh, you know, Kaufman was the was the champion yeah. last year in that pool. So it was uh, man. I'm trying to remember who caught. Do you remember who Kaufman beat last yeah, year? Yeah, they beat Argyle. And yeah, it and it was a after the game. It was uh, parents on the field yelling at each other. 
Um, which is kind of funny because it's like you have to play them in real football, and then Argyle just had yeah, that much extra. Yeah. But I do like watching Kaufman play seven on seven; they're extremely good, and they're in the same pool as Lorena, a real football state champion. That uh, I mean has a dude with a Jayden, dude, yeah, a dude and Jaden Porter, a Baylor commit that's going to probably put up some freaky uh, stats this weekend. So yeah, he was one a guy that like obviously we saw them at state, but then like really on the camp circuit this spring really blew my mind about how good he was. Uh, really interesting to see Jaden Porter. Let's talk about the Texas targets in that pool. Uh, we mentioned uh, West Orange Stark. You know, I don't really know where things stand between Texas and Jamal Shaw right now, the the kind of do-it-all West Orange Stark athlete, and I think we'll find that out this weekend. Um, but still, a guy I'm really interested to see. We've seen him uh, compete in jumping events and track and field this offseason. I haven't seen him on a field yet, so uh, on a football field yet. So I'm excited to see kind of what his uh, performance is from the weekend. Yeah, he's somebody that I'm extremely excited to watch. Again, it kind of seems like contact is slowed to the point of Texas would have to circle back maybe in the fall to really uh, be a player for Shaw. But, you know, you never know with recruiting. And I want to keep it in Southeast Texas, Mike, because my pick to win it all for Division II are the Silsby Tigers, led by 2024 athlete Draylon Miller, who... We mentioned at the Overtime uh, 7 tournament in Las Vegas with, I believe, Fast Houston, Draylon Miller was talk of the town. Talk of the town from national analysts across the industry. And for him to dominate the first couple days of a 7-on-7 tournament like that on a national scale and now get to go to the Division Two bracket at State hot off of that, I'm really excited to see what he does. This is a guy that I truly think is going to have every offer in the country before it's time to decide for him. He has an offer. He's already got a bunch. He already has a bunch. He has a Texas offer, Texas A&M offer. Those are two schools that he's high on early. Recently coming off of a trip to the 40 Acres in which he basically told me that he loved it. And, you know, he has some family members and people in his circle that really are advocating for Texas. So this is going to be a big one, and I think this could be the – the second consecutive for the uh, month of June breakout seven on seven tournament for Draylon Miller. Yeah, Draylon Miller. I think people know, like people who follow football in the state, maybe not even recruiting guys, definitely know the name Draylon Miller because he was a big player for Silsby. He's been a big time on their basketball team, yep. big in their track. But like, I don't think they get like, oh, you're about to see a show from like a future NFL guy. Um, and that's the type of. You know, I, I remember this last year with Jackson Arnold. I had seen Jackson Arnold in the spring, and I remember calling our guys after the spring and just saying, hey, I think Jackson Arnold's probably the top quarterback in Texas, just from watching a spring practice and a couple of state qualifiers. And then he lit it up at the state tournament, and then everybody was kind of, okay, we're on board with this. I think, you know, Draylon's obviously already, uh, you know, regarded pretty highly, rated highly, but – this is a chance for him to really get in front of a lot of people in the state. He's been on, weirdly enough, on the national scene before the state scene. Um, and that's just because, and I think you could probably speak to this, it's just those Southeast Texas guys, they don't get to as many camps and they don't play as a lot of club seven on seven. I think that was his first time playing with fast. So Basically. Um, I, I, I just think it's harder for them to be seen. Yeah, and part of it too is a lot of those Southeast Texas guys, when you're a small school athlete, you're – and it's a good thing. You want to be a multi-sport athlete. So you're playing 
basketball in the winter. Then a lot of kids are playing baseball or running track and Draylon, you know, made it to the regional track meet as well. So you're talking, (laughs) you're talking about a true potential exposure, like blow up option for him this weekend. And I don't know, I'm just really excited to see if he can come through again. I, like you said, he is a top 247 guy. He does have the high ranking already, but it's just maybe taking it that next level and going from fans maybe thinking, oh yeah, Draylon Miller, I saw his stats for Silsby. They were good to seeing it with their own eyes against some really good competition and going, okay, this is a must get for Texas. This is a must get for Texas A&M. I think looking, if we just go to the pools, what I like about D2 It's pretty evenly dispersed. Not a huge group of death anywhere. I think if you look at Pool H with China Spring and Lindale and Seeley, that's a really interesting pool. Pool G with Salina, Dumas, Bay City, that's an interesting pool. The Pool B with Silsby, Brownwood, and Anna, I think all those teams are are really strong. That would be my pick. Yeah, it's probably that's probably the toughest one, but I think where instead of you see one pool stacked and the rest, it's pretty evenly dispersed, which means I think we're gonna have a lot of good competition throughout the day in D2. Absolutely. And again, that's kind of my worry about picking Silsby to win it all is that you have Anna, which has a team loaded with a ton of athletes that's really well coached. And then Brownwood is a traditional seven on seven power. In addition to the fact that Brownwood's one of the, you know, small school gyms of Texas when it comes to just straight up football programs. So it's going to be fun. I mean, yeah, I think, so I'm going to pick my winner. We talked about Gunner running a, uh, a pistol triple option and then put coming to seven on seven and succeeding. I'm going to pick my winner that runs a wing T, uh, but comes to seven on seven and frequently succeeds. They were uh, runners up a couple of years ago, uh, won a couple state championships. If you listen to this podcast or you know me enough, you know, I'm going to make the Homer pick. I'm going with uh, those pleasant Grove Hawks from Texarkana. I like to pick Mike a little full t- uh, full tilt action for you. So uh, you know, Josh Gibson told me early on whether it's seven on seven or bowling or tiddlywinks, if they're going to compete in it, they're going full tilt. So uh, the, I think that that'll be my pick to click, and I think they've got just enough interesting athletes to make it make it happen. Also, another thing too, Mike, when I am looking at the D two bracket. You can almost pick every single pool and find an intriguing angle from our job perspective. Or even if you're just a recruiting junkie and you want somebody to follow. Like I'm looking at pool E. Columbus is there. The Shobles have a kid at QB that is kind of the talk of the town right now. And I believe in the class of 2025, I'm blanking on his name, but he's the newest Shobel at Columbus. So you know that comes with a lot of intrigue. In pool F. Hitchcock is here. Hitchcock has a 2024, I believe, that has an Oregon offer that I'm really excited to see. You look at Pool G, Bay City, another team that traditionally would put out athletes, is starting to kind of come back on the trail. They have a guy, Bryce Turner, that won, I believe, the 4A uh, 100 meter and 200 meter. And I think he put down a 10 to 8. So you're just looking at all of these. you're looking at all of these pools, and they just have such compelling reasons, really, to pay attention beyond the initial Texas factor of guys like Draylon Miller, Jamal Shaw, that have offers. Um, one more thing, Lindale is an intriguing program to keep an eye on. They might have a kid coming that's an offensive lineman named Casey Poe that we're kind of high on early. Sometimes with the small schools, the uh, big guys will come to seven on seven just to be with their teammates uh, or, you know, snap the ball or even, hey, if they're athletic enough, which Casey Post certainly is, 
little tight end action just for the fun. So, We hope you're enjoying this week's episode of The State of Recruiting. We'll be back with the second half after a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's move on to D1. That's where we're going to earn our money this weekend. Uh, the D1 There is so much. Yeah, it's it's stacked. And I think if we're talking pool of death, it's very clear. Pooley, uh, DeSoto, El Paso East Lake, Fort Bend Hightower, and Lake Travis all in one pool. That is going to be – there's going to be, two again, two teams that, that don't get to move on to tournament play that could legitimately go win most of these groups. Absolutely. And, and two – when you hear the names, you're thinking, oh, El Paso Eastlake. That's the El Paso Eastlake is a really good seven on seven team that in actual uh, 11 man football will sling it. So they're going to come ready to uh, rip it with a absolute barn burner of a group. Fort Bend Hightower, always loaded with athletes. I, Fort Bend County, for me, pound for pound, maybe the most talented stretch of land in the state of Texas. And when you talk about a guy Texas recently offered in Jeremy Payne, oh, yeah. who has been ripping it on the circuit as a running back, he's so dynamic in the pass game, though. I think he's a guy that will probably walk away going, wow, Jeremy Payne is that you know that guy. Mike, we saw some clips from camp, and we both kind of just dro- dropped jaws to each other like, oh, my God, this Jeremy Payne kid, no wonder he is just – and his, his tape was good. He has good tape. But the way he's looking this spring, I'm really excited to see him. And then the obvious, let's just get straight to it and we'll eat. Mike, Jontae Cook is going to be the headliner for this. And Trey Weisner. And Trey Weisner, the Texas commit at running back. They're probably going to be the headliner. I'd say Jontae could be the best overall player in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, certainly by rating, um, he's, he's there. Um, we've seen him a lot in seven-on-seven, seven, so we've got a good idea of what he can do there. DeSoto is you know, a team that – in past years has had to go to multiple tournaments to qualify this year. They went to one qualified pretty easily and uh, moved on to state. So uh, really excited to see what they can do there elsewhere in the groups. Pool A has Longview, which of course home to Jalen Hale. Um, I'm excited to see Jalen Hale. I am too. And I think, you know, I think that early on there was a lot of mixed signals in Austin about, you know, what is our pursuit of of Jalen Hale like and how does he feel about us? I'm a, he's probably the kid I'm most interested in finding some stuff out about this weekend. I can't wait. I think that's one of the big draws. And if I was a fan wanting seven-on-seven seven coverage, that's, that would probably be the first update that I'm kind of looking for. Because we know already kind of where it stands with Jonte Cook in Texas and kind of his overall recruitment. But with Jalen Hale, there's a lot to learn that I think is really exciting. 
Uh, also, I think we have enough meat on the bone in every single pool just to kind of go pool by pool where we see fit. Like there's there's angles everywhere. It, this is so yeah. Much fun. So I mean, we mentioned Pool A, Sci Falls, Fort Worth Brewer, Longview, Lovett Coronado. Lovett Coronado is going to be a favorite for me just because their head coach DJ Mann is a good friend of mine, and they've got some kids. I saw them last fall beat Amarillo Tuscosa, a team that many people had picked to go to state, <laughs> and uh, in a shocker, giving DJ his first district title in his first year after starting 0-3. Longview, we mentioned, Port Brewers always got athletes. That'll be a fun one. Anything else jump out to you about A? I don't think so. I My early read is just that Longview and Lubbock Coronado are kind of the two favorites for me to advance with Fort Worth Brewer being the sleeper team. Yeah. Pool B, Cinco Ranch, Harker Heights, Hebron, and, and Wichita Falls Rider. Hebron lost a lot, but let's not forget they were the D1 champions last year. and They've always been a very good you know, passing team. They've always got athletes. Harker Heights home to one of your favorites in Rashawn Sanford. Yeah. And in Harker Heights too, that's a seven on seven team that last year at state probably should have gone a little farther than they did. I'm super interested. I think that they might be a dark, dark horse to make a deep run. They have so many athletes. They have a kid named Diabri Hood, who I think could be one of the guys at the end of the cycle that ends up in the top 247, even though right now I don't believe he's currently ranked. He was a ten, a sub-10-5 sprinter, has some pretty good tape at corner, and if he just grew a little bit, I think would be a super intriguing uh, prospect for even a Texas-level school. And then, Mike, again, like you said with Hebron, Cinco Ranch and Wichita Falls Ryder both are also great seven on seven teams. So you have four teams who maybe don't have the true star power of some other D1 squads, but are good enough at seven on seven to where this is just going to be a little bit of a murderer's row in Pool B. Pool C, Austin Anderson, Crandall, Dickinson, McAllen Row. I would be surprised just based off the athleticism alone. Dickinson, I think, year in and year out, one of the most athletic teams in the state. They just seem to produce guys every year. They've got one of our favorites, uh, Marquise Johnson, with Marquise Johnson at wide receiver, Missouri that, commit. Yeah, that's my pick. Obviously, to come out of pool C. Anything else in that in that pool jump out at you? I really am excited to watch Samuel Omosigo. I think that that's somebody. If you're looking at the a potential ratings bump, he just got one. Oh yeah, but even. Uh, looking forward to national signing day just mm-hmm. in less two four seven more across the industry that's just a guy that really projects well to linebacker at the next level and has the athletic traits to put on a show this weekend i'm super excited i don't know a ton about mcallen Rowe. i know austin anderson did pretty well during the sqts so moving on to pool d you've got buta johnson el paso franklin frisco wakeland and klein collins this is one that i kind of looked at as a one maybe one of the weaker pools um, yeah, I mean, Wakeland has a couple guys, Trip Reardon, the, the tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, Klein Collins always seems to have a couple players each Absolutely. year. I can't tell you much about Johnson or Franklin. I know Johnson is a rising program, but it'll be interesting to see once they get out of pool play how they match up with the other pools. So we talked about how nasty Pool E is. Look at Pool F. I know. Austin Westlake, El Paso Coronado, Fort Bend Marshall, McKinney. West, I mean, I, I, I don't, again, I don't know a ton about El Paso Coronado. Fort Bend Marshall is one of the fastest teams year in and year out. Westlake is Westlake, and I've seen McKinney in a state qualifier. Keldrick Luster is a game changer for them at quarterback. I mean, if he gets rolling, he could be the guy to potentially take like the, okay, this was our top quarterback at seven on seven. Here's my thing. My message to Pool F would be do not sleep on McKinney, Austin Westlake, and Fort Bend Marshall. Two, Austin Westlake and Fort Bend Marshall – Two of the programs that I have the most respect for in the state, 
But in a seven-on-seven seven setting, Keldrick Luster, the SMU commit, is an absolute stud. They've got a ton of underclassmen athletes that can match up in this type of setting. Don't sleep on McKinney. That's another dark horse candidate that I wouldn't be surprised if you looked up and they were in the quarterfinals really battling like a Lake Travis-type team. Absolutely. Pool G, Austin LBJ, Bel Air Episcopal, Colleyville Heritage, and Katie Jordan. Again, another really fun one, I think, um, you know, with – Colleyville Heritage has been one of the best teams I've seen on the qualifying circuit. LBJ played in the state final in in December. Katie Jordan, a new school, but you know they've got I think one of the most dynamic receivers we've seen in the twenty five class. In Andrew Marshall, who was recently offered by Texas, so that that'll be a fun one as well. We were kind of pre show talking about okay. We both think that Colleyville Heritage is probably the favorite. Which one of us is going to pick them? I luckily got the honor. So Colleyville Heritage that's is That's why be, I stole uh, – <laughs> That's why – yeah. That's why I stole whoever. Gunner, I think. Gunner, yeah. yeah. Um, so Colleyville Heritage is who I'm going to roll with. Recent Texas offer Riley Warmly, the 2025 running back for Colleyville Heritage, is an absolute stud. To shard choice, giving him the stamp of approval this early should give you a good enough cosign. But if not, tune in this weekend, watch him, and pay attention in the fall because he's going to absolutely blow up. Super impressed with what I've seen from him early. And also, I just can't wait to watch Andrew Marsh against really good competition. Like This Mm -hmm. is going to be one of my first uh, opportunities since the – Underclassman combine? Yeah, the underclassman combine. I was about to call it its former name, which we now can't as of today. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) all right. Pool H, Byron Nelson, PSJ North, Round Rock Westwood, and Shadow Creek. Byron Nelson to me is a sleeper to win this whole thing. They've got a a good quarterback. They've got recent Texas offer David Cabongo playing in the secondary. Ashton Williams, who has been evaluated a lot by Texas and a lot of other schools, has been really strong. That's a team I saw uh, a couple of times in qualifiers this year, and they were really impressive. Just a a good fundamental play as a unit type of team. Mike, I just want to talk about PSJ North. I mean, I'm just just kidding. Uh, Love those guys. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Love those guys. Love my uh, Valley boys, but just just little goofy. I mean, Shadow Creek. Let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if Shadow Creek's. uh, So all their talent is extremely young. So they may be a year or two away, but their 2025 class, buddy, oh my god! There's a chance that though that if you go put eyes on Shadow Creek during the pool play stage, you're going to walk away going, "Okay, they they didn't do it today, but good lord, in two years they're going to be terrifying." I see this group pool H as Byron Nelson and Shadow Creek fighting for one and two, and just a little bit jockeying for position there. I think Round Rock Westwood is a pretty good seven-on-seven team, but I just think the overall athletes and putting it together on the state state stage. Mike, you know this, but sometimes in SQTs, you can get a little bit of that false read on a team where, okay, maybe Byron Nelson didn't qualify right away, but with Jake Wilson, their quarterback on the camp circuit, looking to earn offers, and Ashton Williams and David Cabongo gone too – Along with a lot of the Shadow Creek guys, sometimes these talent-rich programs need just to get everybody at state yeah. to then gel. I mean, so many SQTs, it's like, oh, you guys don't have all your kids because exactly. they're on vacation or they're on visits or they're on whatever. You know, it took South Lake three tournaments to qualify. South Lake won't be playing. They pulled out uh, because most of their kids are going on vacation. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it was like I would I, I talked to Riley Dodge at South Lake last week, and I was just like – 
I've seen you guys at a lot of tournaments. I was like, if y'all just not have your kids? And they said, no, none of the weeks have we had like our full complement of the kids we need. So, uh, yeah, I think that's always kind of the case. Pool I, El Paso Eastwood, Klein King, Lake Dallas, North Crowley. Of course, for us, North Crowley with Samaje Burrell um, being the guy to kind of watch there. He's been uh, picked as kind of handpicked by new head coach Ray Gates as their like leader of the team. He kind of runs the defense through Samaje. Um, and I've seen them in a couple of seven-on-seven league uh, league games and a couple of uh, SQTs, and they've been uh, they've been really solid. I can't wait to watch Samaje. Not a ton of intrigue for me other than uh, Samaje, North Crowley, and El Paso Eastwood. Pool J, however, oh my god, this is four teams that I just love. You have Aldean Eisenhower headlining it. and. With Ike, you've got Texas commit Ryan Niblett, who I cannot wait to watch in this environment. You have Dion DeBlanc, a 2025 athlete for Aldean Eisenhower, from my hometown of Liberty, Texas, originally. And you have guys like Joseph Albright, Braylon um, Conley, I believe is his yeah. last name. No, you, that's the kid at Tascacita. Um, Braylon, I'm apologizing for blanking on your name, Braylon, but Ike has just so many dudes. I cannot wait to watch. Then you have Midlothian Heritage, always a great 7-on-7 team. Red Oak with Warren Robertson and probably their 2026 kid. I think Quint uh, – It's Robinson. Uh, is it Quentin? Quentin Robinson, yeah. But he's a freak. And then Quick Six. Yeah, I believe he that's, yeah that's right. That's his nickname, Quick Six, which is true because he's a sub-11. And an incredible nickname. Yeah. Especially if you wear the number six. And then you have in the four spot San Benito, one of the best Valley schools – I'm just really excited about this. I have no idea how Pool J is going to slot out, but I just cannot wait. Pool K is probably the best quarterback pool, I think, pound for pound. I mean, just by just by the virtue of the fact that Dripping Springs with four-star Austin Novosad's in there and Willis with four-star 2024 quarterback Derek Lagway's in there. It's nice for us because we cover Texas that we don't have to deal with the just coverage of Austin Novosad because – it's a pretty pivotal time in his recruitment. Like he's going down the stretch and uh, our Baylor 24 seven site had a report today that, you know, he's going to be basically making some decisions. He's going to make another decision, even he, though he's committed. He's, he's committed to Baylor, but with Ohio state and A&M kind of hard after him, you know, like he's set a, I believe early July, I want all of my recruiting done. So we are going to be able to focus on a lot of other kids, but national analysts and guys that are coming in to cover the entire thing, like that's a big time uh, yeah. one for them. And in addition to Austin Novosad from Dripping Springs, you've got DJ Lagway from Willis. Texas hasn't offered, but basically every other school in the country has in the 2024 class. Like pound for pound, those are some elite dudes. Oh, and they just get to play against Abilene, one of Texas's all-time great high school football programs, and Mesquite Horn who has athletes in bunches. You want to talk about another Mike Roach is watching this pool because one of his close friends' teams is in it, Mesquite Horn, uh, with their coach Courtney Allen, good friend of mine. And a lot of athletes, a lot of fun athletes to watch. Uh, they've got a safety, Jordan Lester, just come into TCU. DJ Coleman, who I think Baylor's trending really strong for. And then uh, for me, Chris Dawn, who's their slot receiver, I think is one of the more dynamic players in the country. So – um, that should be fun to watch. Pool L, Clearbrook, Midlothian, Plano, San Angeles Central. Just one for me. Yeah, just Midlothian for me. Uh, Bryant Wesco, yep. a 2024 receiver who's really kind of turned it on. And the funny thing about Midlothian is they are a 
run-heavy, like, flex-bone team who has excelled in seven-on-seven because Bryant Wesco is that special of an athlete. And even had their head coach admitting at one of the qualifiers, like, yeah, we're going to have to throw the ball this year. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll be fun to see. Pull M, Grand Oaks, Rockwall Heath, Cherry Linden, Temple – uh, we should note Mikel Harrison Pilot will not be playing for Temple. That would be that was like what I was looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, in that a little bit of disappointment. You can understand it uh, a little bit just because you want to take your visits. But I do wish that he was doing uh, what a lot of the other kids are, where they just leave for their official after the team gets eliminated or wins the whole thing. Um, intrigued just to see what Rockwall Heath looks yeah. like under a new coach um, and new like. No more, you know, they've lost a lot of their senior players. They, yeah. That was a senior-heavy no, team. Very true. What's the next wave look like for them? I want to say they might have signed like 61 kids. Yeah, like. I mean, they, they, they had a ton. Uh, let's move to pull in. That is Amarillo College Station, Coppell, and uh, Houston Lamar. Not a ton for us in that group, but, you know, when you look at College Station, they've got, I mean, the, they went to state last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Coppell's under new leadership as well and, and always has a couple of guys and the Houston Lamar I think has kind of dropped off a little bit from what they were back in the Deshaun Jameson Anthony Cook kind of days but still a, a fun team that's going to be one fun one because I've seen a couple of kids there that intrigue me getting eyes on them and sizing them up in this sort of setting is going to be good for us to maybe pick and choose and see if there are a couple guys that we can elevate to some coaching staffs across the country in pool O, we have Mission, Prosper, San Antonio, Brandeis, and the Woodlands. For me, what jumps out is probably Brandeis and the Woodlands. Uh, Brandeis, home to J.C. Evans, who we both really love, a 2024 quarterback. Uh, big kid, big arm. And a kid, I think, <laughs> to be frank with you, I think that the schools down there in San Antonio, like UTSA, would love for him to remain a secret. Uh, and then at the Woodlands, another big Big frame, big arm quarterback, Mabry Matower. And, you know, recent transfer, 2025 receiver, Quan L. Farrakhan X. Yeah, I mean, Quan L. Farrakhan Jr. is probably the, the uh, 2025 kid that I'm most excited to watch. Or is up there because that is a big framed, super smooth wide receiver that has a chance to really put his stamp on this event. If yeah. you haven't seen him yet... This is probably your best chance to get in while the stock is still low because it's going to shoot up during the, the close fall. to double digit offers already. I think Georgia was the first I, one through the door. I was about for to him. say, the, I mean, I, I think that he has quite a bit of power five. And then our last pool, pool P, AM Consolidated, Corpus Christi Miller, Flower Mound Marcus, and Houston Heights. Three schools that are super intriguing, Mike. Lonnie Adkism at Corpus Christi Miller is going to be fun to watch. AM Consolidated, and we mentioned uh, College Station Pool in. Those two schools always do well at this event because the home field advantage is real, not from a the fans are make no. It's at a public park, everybody's hot. Uh, um, there's no true home field advantage that way. The home field advantage is just getting to sleep in your own bed and kind of enjoy the short trip, not have to worry about a bus. And then I'd say Flowerbound Marcus is kind of intriguing with Cole Welliver and uh, Ashton Cozart. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Welliver, a guy, again, we talk about big frame, big arm. That's him. Cozart, the Oregon commit, um, has been really, you know, he's kind of played a lot. Both those guys have played a lot of their career, a lot more seven-on-seven seven than padded football because they came from Washington where they had to sit out for a COVID season, things like that. So they're actually more comfortable on the seven-on-seven seven field in many ways than a lot of these guys are. So. 
that's it for uh, for the pools. It should be a, a really fun weekend. Any anything you want to add to this? So here's what I want to do to kind of close out the seven on seven segment. Let's go on the record one more last time with our champion, a couple of contenders, and then dark horses. Do you want me to start it off, or do you want to go back and forth? Uh, let's start it off because I don't think I made a pick in D one. So. Okay, so my official pick is Colleyville Heritage. Yeah, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna go crazy here. Uh, I I, do, I think if you hear me say the name, you're gonna be like, well, that's not going out on a limb, Mike. But I think if you look at the field, not many people are picking Longview. I think it's a fun pick. That's a super fun pick. And and a team that is built under John King's style of get in the eye and pound the ball, um, what can they do in seven-on-seven? They've got a couple game-changing athletes, Jalen Hale, um, and the running back's name is escaping. Taylor Taylor Tatum. And Willie Nelson picked up an OU offer, too. Yeah, and his name rules. Yeah, I was about to say, and if you don't know, his name is literally Willie Nelson. (laughs) So, yeah, that's going to be my pick. I've got them. uh, So what are we doing? A pick in a dark horse? You've got them. I'm going to do three other contenders I think you should watch out for. So my contenders are going to be, look, I think the Woodlands is good enough at 7-on-7 to where you definitely have to keep an eye on them. They're a contender for me. I'm going to say it. I was maybe going to think about them as a dark horse. I'll just say it. Aldi Eisenhower is a contender. F it. Whatever. Mm. Lastly, at State 7-on-7, seven seven, you don't want to discount them. I'm going to roll with Lake Travis. That's just a safe team that's super well coached, always plays 7-on-7 seven seven well. Mike, you want to go with three contenders or you want me to just roll into my dark horses? So my three contenders, I'm gonna I'm gonna mirror your Lake Travis pick and go with Austin Westlake. Very yeah, smart. I mean the the it feels like this event was created for Lake Travis and Westlake, oh, yeah. isn't it? Like that's kind of like two of the schools that are on the seven on seven Mount Rushmore. Do you remember the Battle of the Lakes quarterfinal last year? Oh when, yeah, and it got a little bit heated, and I, that was the first time I really saw Cade Klubnik show some emotion, and I just remember vividly. My my impression of Kate is just how he is as a you know normal kid, which is just super sweet, very kind, and him just screaming at Lake Travis. We're gonna get y'all in the season. Y'all are talking a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of mess, and we're gonna get y'all in the season. And that's exactly what happened. So that's a great pick. Other two contenders, Mike. Uh, we talked about him. McKinney for me is is a team that I think you really gotta. Like I said, if Keldrick Luster gets rolling, it's he's tough to stop, and they've got a lot of really fun weapons. Uh, they're my second contender. For my third, I'm going to say, you know what? Give me – I would really love Temple if they had yeah, Nikhil Harrison I Pilot. I would really like them as a contender. I'm not – I mean, they've, they've still got athletes, but I'm just not quite sure. You know what? Give me the, the young kids from Shadow Creek. I you love give them it. a push. Uh, that'd be my, those would be my contenders. Uh, Dark Horse? Dark Horses. Byron Nelson is who I'm going with as a Dark Horse. We're both going to share Byron Nelson because we just love that pick so much. We, we kind of said earlier today we really think that could be a team to shock some folks. Here's one for me. Maybe they're not even a dark horse. Maybe I should consider them a contender. They're missing one of their best weapons, which I think if they had uh, him, and I'm blanking on his name, but Dripping Springs with Austin Novosad, I think that is absolutely somebody that could win this entire thing. And then for my last pick, look, I'm just going to say it. I think that Austin LBJ, with even they're only in the dark horse 
category because they're moving up to the big schools after playing with the small schools for a while. But the way they run their offense and the amount of athletes they have, and those guys are always playing with Juice and other select seven-on-seven organizations, I mean, I could see them really making a run as a dark horse in this comp. Yep. So should be a fun but hot weekend. Uh, pray for us, please. Uh, we will be uh, we'll be out on the field doing things to our, to ourselves uh, and putting our bodies through a lot of stress. So uh, just make sure we stay uh, hydrated and, oh, yeah. and all those sorts of things. Um, all right. Anything else you want to do on this episode, Hub? I don't think so. I mean, unless you want to do just a little bit of uh, fun. Like, I mean, there were two officials that got set today and John Tay Cook and Jonah Wilson and Ryan Niblett confirmed his, but we had kind of been keeping an eye on him. So those are the only things off the top of my head. Yeah, we had uh, the Jonte Cook news, of course, over on uh, the Horns 24-7 site. Uh, Jonte spoke with us exclusively before announcing his official visit. And, uh, you know, moving it up, I think, is is big. I, I really do. I think it, it kind of signals a, hey, this timeline might move up from – I'm going to do this in the fall to this could potentially be a pre, you know, a preseason commitment. And if Texas can, can really smash this weekend, get Jonte cook in the boat. I mean, that's a, you're talking about the makings of a receiver class. A lot of times these classes are built from the floor up, right? Where you'll get, okay, a kid who's maybe lower rated, but you think that's a nice floor. If you're talking about the the beginning of this receiver class being built with Ryan Niblett and Jonte cook, Pretty pretty strong group could be coming. That allows you to maybe potentially miss on a guy like Jaquez Petaway or a Jaden Greathouse and still feel really good about where you're set up with your wide receiver room. If that does end up happening, I think that it's just proof of concept of why you bring Brennan Marion in there. Yeah, I mean, he's been – we've talked about him and Tashar Joyce have been such a breath of fresh air to the staff, and, and they've been really able to, um, you know – grab these kids attentions in ways that, you know, I like, I don't, uh, Andre Coleman, I don't, was a nice guy. I don't want to bury him or anything. He just didn't excite a lot of people. And, you know, Stan Drayton, it's not like he was fired. He left for, uh, Temple head coach. Yeah. For, to be the head coach at Temple. But, you know, I think while he came in with a really strong record as a recruiter, he just didn't, I mean, he got he got most of the guys he wanted, but he just didn't – he wasn't your volume guy, right? Whereas, like, we've seen Deshard Choice with the running backs, but we've also seen him incredibly involved with guys in Georgia and Florida and those territories he's familiar with. I think he just gives us something a little different. Here's my take on it, too. Again, I'm with you that Stan Drayton overall, I think, deserves an A or an A- minus for his job at Texas. And I know you feel that way, too, Mike. Ooh, Tyler Turner committed to Oregon. We were kind of expecting that, but still a little fun breaking news on the podcast. But the difference is if a Reuben Owens situation happened, I'm not totally sure that Stan Drayton really would have Cedric Baxter, you know, with Texas potentially in a leading or second place spot as another option in addition to Trey Wisner being on board, in addition to the fact that Tashard Choice is just recruiting the state of Georgia and the state of Florida like a madman. So I think that is the difference. Like you said, it's the volume. It's being able to really elephant hunt with those elite national running backs in addition to everything else that he brings. Plus, I mean, just being honest, when when we talk to kids, 
they, they love Tashard Choice because he's just a young, energetic voice. And that's not to de- directly compare against Stan Drayton, but that's just something the Texas staff needed. And they got in spades with Brennan and Tashard. I talked with a college recruiting source the other day who said these young guys who played and are name recognizable um, that played in the early 2000s are starting to get who are starting to get into the coaching in college have been so successful because they can speak the kids language. They've been in that place before and their name is recognizable enough that, you know, kids in the state of Texas watch Tashard Choice play for the Cowboys. Like, they, they know who he is. Yeah, and when you're talking about it, too, you have that name recognition. You have the ability to stay current. And then, Mike, for the parents as well, and even some of the kids, like, the ability that Tashard Choice has, and we were told this by a college uh, coaching source, to recite any scripture that he wants from the Bible whenever he wants. Like, he was nicknamed the preacher because of that ability. And just that as well to kind of hit every single angle. I mean, we feel like we've, since they've been hired— and since we started getting feedback early in the spring, you know, even February, we've been talking about how Tashard Choice and Brendan Marion have been crushing it. But we kind of can't stop reiterating it. Yeah, I, I think it's it's big. And that subject started with uh, obviously with Marion, but it, it's big to include both. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. We'll be we'll have a lot of coverage from College Station, um, some previews. We'll have some nightly recap stuff, some yeah. recruiting notes, all that sort of thing. So stay tuned to the website. Uh, I believe we will have another state of recruiting this week. Yeah, we'll have another state of recruiting tomorrow night, doing a more official visit preview. Appreciate everybody for the support, both with the reviews. I think we ended up with six or seven reviews in addition to the 500 plus likes. That does mean a lot to us, and we appreciate all of the kind words and comments. We definitely see them so we wanted to just say thank you for that as well everybody all right well thanks for listening and we appreciate your support uh we'll we'll talk to you guys uh tomorrow yeah Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.